0: Hello, and welcome to episode three of Holzer Talk. I'm your host, Sarah Lowry, and today we talk to Emily McFan, our acute and ER educator. Emily talks about her road to becoming a nurse, her upcoming projects, and why she chose to become a nurse to begin with. I really hope you enjoy hearing Emily's story. Emily McFan the Clinical Educator for the Ambulatory and the Emergency Departments at Holzer. Hi, Emily. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. So, you are an RN, BSN, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So, tell me how you got there.
1: How I got here. So, I started in 2011 Mm -hmm. as a nurse. I started as an LPN Um, shortly after I returned to Rio for my associate's degree. And then in 2019, I got my bachelor's degree.
0: Okay, and you were in the emergency department at SOMC.
1: Yes. Okay. Yep. So why? I was why there the, for about eight years.
0: Okay, so why the emergency room? That's a, that's one place I said I'll never work.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: a lot going I, on.
1: Yeah, I like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I okay. like to have a lot. Of, I like to stay busy. Okay. So, um, the ER seemed to be the only place that was right for me i i liked the the drama i liked always having something to do
0: and not knowing and
1: not knowing what was coming what was coming in the door
0: (laughs) exactly no we've done we've done lean projects and think from a non-clinical perspective down in the emergency room and you're right i mean you would spend 12 hours you know a day for multiple days a week but just it could be you could have a life flight landing Mm -hmm. and someone coming in with like a small laceration mm-hmm. and then you know so you've got one end of the building landing literally li- landing a life flight mm-hmm. Well, someone else <laughs> is just stitching someone up like it's another day yeah yeah, yeah. so you left the bedside mm-hmm. and now you're here with us training mm-hmm. what what made you make that career change
1: i just i wanted to try something new okay. i wanted to explore different avenues um in my role as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, I I got a lot of experience in those 8 years in the ER. I saw a lot of things. Yeah. And so I think I just wanted to share my experience and knowledge with others. So that's why I I reached out for that career change.
0: Okay. So a a lot of things that are a lot of things that you've been working on uh here lately as far as the training part. So, um, you're working on a nurse preceptor program. Mm -hmm. You train, of course, BLS and in those clinical roles. What else are you working on?
1: I'm currently working on, um, getting some continuing education hours for the nursing staff here at Holzer. Okay. Um, looking, uh, to the law CEs. Um, that's a big one. We have a career development day coming. Um, which is for the Holzer staff that wants to further their education or um, just go a complete different route in healthcare. Um, we've got some local schools and some not so local schools that are going to come and talk to the staff.
0: Okay. So, so what is one of those things that? What's your? What's the biggest challenging
1: project that you have right now, and why? <clears throat> the biggest challenging project. Um it's probably going to be that law CE. Okay. And why so, is that? So, um, in the state of Ohio to get continuing education hours for law, um there are a lot of hoops that you have to jump through for the Ohio Nurses Association. Okay. Um one of those hoops is specifically detailing your content and what you plan on talking about. Um during the entire time and to award that time um it has to be precise and down to the minute
0: and i think that's a big misconception when we talk about you know when even cme and ce it's not just about handing you a certificate saying you came and you've now you have your ce
1: there is a lot
0: of work there's in a the background.
1: Lot, yeah to get you those ce hours yes. right and i wasn't aware of that until i I started in this role
0: you know I, I don't obviously award CE or CME but when I started I helped them with the CME part especially um in putting the hours and stuff like that and I too was unaware yeah of the of the work that has to go into awarding an hour or two mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just just an hour yeah
1: yeah 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 and so um the law CE mm-hmm. so It is a lot easier to build a regular continuing education hour. Okay. Um, But the law CE is much more detailed, and you have to complete a template, and this template has what feels like a billion questions on it, um, (laughs) detailing my content and how I'm teaching it and what I expect from, you know, the class. So,
0: in the law CE, correct me if I'm mistaken, that is something that's specific to LPNs, RNs, yeah. nurse so, practitioners. Does it go up that far?
1: Um, yes. I'm okay. not sure if it's just one hour for nurse practitioners, it sure. may be more. Um, but for RNs and LPNs, they are required in the state of Ohio to have at least one law CE for every renewal.
0: And that's two years,
1: right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Is it RNs, even LPNs, uh, odd? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I yeah. knew it was something like
1: that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So um, your nurse preceptor program. hmm That's an exciting program. To, it's not new to us necessarily. Yeah. But that you are revamping.
1: Yeah. So um, previously at Holzer, it's always been a nurse preceptor program. Yeah. But we actually flipped the switch this time. And really? And we made a nurse mentoring program. So what's the difference? There is not much of a difference, but we felt like um preceptor hasn't worked for us in the, in the past. Okay. So we thought that maybe mentorship and mentoring another nurse um the staff could see it in a different light and see it more of a team as opposed to a teacher student relationship. Okay. So
0: so what's the the end if if it if you came across a perfect scenario for the nurse mentorship program what did it, what would it look like more like team
1: nursing team orientation okay okay so a lot of times in nursing um, when you first when you start in a new role it's sink or swim sure okay and nurses eat their young absolutely it is a phrase it is truth It's just what happens. And, you know, with the culture commitment here at Holzer, we need to change the nurses eating their young and to the nurses um, helping build the new staff. So we thought that if we would change it and make it something completely different, maybe it would stick.
0: And I think that's important. I mean, you know, even as a non-clinical person, I've been in healthcare for nine years. I've absolutely seen nur- especially brand new freshly licensed nurses mm-hmm. crumble, yes, because of the pressure. One of the job and two of that that nurse culture that sometimes we have mm-hmm. of you're you're an LPN or you're an RI analysis. Good luck, good luck, yeah, right. Yep. And you know we've got the license. Go do it. Right. We we've taught you how to use the EMR. Mm-hmm.
1: Now run. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was another one of the issues that we I we really ran into whenever sure. I was building this preceptor program because I can remember not getting an orientation. Sure. Essentially. Hmm. Um, you know, I've been in a role where I didn't get. I wasn't supported. I almost left nursing completely. Um, but we want to build something that's inclusive for the new staff, makes the new staff want to stay. Yeah. Our goal here is retaining nurses.
0: Well, and if you start showing <clears throat> that support, maybe even your nurse, you know, nursing assistants or STNAs feel like, hey, I can – I can work my way up to an Mm -hmm. LPN or RN and be supported. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure you've heard it because I know I have. You have a really good nursing assistant or an STNA, and you're like, you'd make a fantastic nurse. And they're like, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've seen how that goes. No thanks. Right. So
0: turning that into a mentorship where it's really about this staff member wanting to see their coworkers succeed. Mm Mm-hmm really should change right hopefully the whole culture in general right um but yeah that's really exciting yeah it's really yeah, exciting. I'm
1: very excited our first our first class is Wednesday
0: oh okay so also very it's, excited it's a couple of days
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay so if you had unlimited resources so now you've, you've seen the bedside part of it obviously and now you're on the clinical education side of it if there was no cap to resources what well, was something that you would bring to your trainings? If it didn't, if price was not an option, money was no, no issue. I would,
1: I would like to do some virtual reality and some simulation.
0: Yeah, we did that today.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, I, I caught myself, <laughs> uh, of course I'm not a clinical person anyway, so, so I had other people telling me like, do this. right. <laughs> Right, Um, but I found myself like trying to scoot around the bed. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you know, we we, you know we demoed we demoed that
1: today, and that that is that. But I think that that will be that could be a wonderful tool, especially for new nurses. I was gonna
0: say, imagine the confidence boost you would have. Yeah. Yeah, to say like you know. It's not, it, nothing will ever beat hands on training, right. unfortunately. But to say, like, you know, I ran that code. Mm-hmm.
1: I rocked that I simulation did. code. I did. Or
0: you have someone saying, hey, you know, remember to do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know,
1: something like that will stick to yes. you. Yes. Know. Yes. So I just ran my simulation code and I forgot to, you know, um, Put an IV in. You're never gonna forget the next time. Right. You know what I mean? Just right. as an example,
0: right? And yeah. I think too, it it helps that you kind of look a little goofy in the simulation <laughs> because once you start to laugh, yeah, and giggle at each other, yeah, that kind of breaks the tension of such a serious subject. Yeah, because obviously we don't want anyone to think that we're that codes are fun for us to run and it's right. funny. Right. Right. But you know, like I said, I was. Scooching around the bed. There was a virtual nurse there with me, and I was like, Oops, excuse me. I got to get through here.
1: <laughs> She's not real, you know? Where when you picked up the phone and said, Can I get some help in here?
0: <laughs> yeah, leaving the phone option you for me. You are the, the help. <laughs> in the simulation was, was not a good thing. No, but I mean, like, you could hear the phone ringing, and you could hear the monitor beeping, and, you know, you could hear the lung sounds and the, and the heart beating, right. and You know, I even, I don't know if you were in there or not, but I took the patient's blood sugar. Did you? Yeah. As we were waiting for the ICU to come pick him up (laughs) because I'm a terrible doctor. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like I opened the drawer and like I, I picked up like the alcohol swab and the glucometer and the Lancet and took his, it was 80.
1: Good so deal. Was like,
0: yeah, yeah, but it was it was it was cool. Yeah, it was something that you know I've obviously never been through before, but it was very, uh, very.
1: I would love to yeah. bring that. Sure, bring that I could see how that could be a training. Viable. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, my last question is: when you're building all of these trainings or revamping some of them, what is it that makes it an Emily McFan training? What is something that Every single one of your trainings has in common
1: I try to make it fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What does that yeah. look like?
1: Um I, so one of my favorite things to talk about mm-hmm. are personal things that make this pertinent. Okay. So as far as like when I do restraint training, mm-hmm. I talk about scenarios that have happened to me in real life and they're funny right some of them are funny at a distance yeah now that it's over it's, it's funny. over it's funny <laughs> yeah you know and and they'll laugh and they'll giggle but they'll remember that sure you know there's i've there's a direct correlation between enjoying something and retaining the knowledge that you learned from that right so okay. i i like to make it interesting and i like to make it fun yeah
0: because i really do think there's a direct correlation there's a lot of research about it too that if you're having fun you're going to remember right? what you were talking about. And uh, and as trainers, the death by PowerPoint is like our kryptonite. I mean, it's... Burn me out quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you start to zone out, and yeah. you're no longer retaining information at that right. point in time. Right. But if I can put my hands on it, mm-hmm. or if I can remember something um, that was funny or that broke the ice of some kind, then... I'm going to remember, like you said, when I'm in that situation, I remember restraint class. Yeah. Another thing that I always like to do is I like to volunteer to be the hostile patient. Yeah. You know what (laughs) I mean? So like no one has to feel really awkward or if they get checked off on, you know, whatever. During COVID times, we made a ton of training videos. I was always the mad patient. And it's and it's funny because it's an yeah. escalated like right. dramatic reenactment of somebody that probably doesn't ever happen. But you laugh, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, if if this person can keep a straight face, while this other one is being an idiot, then <laughs> <laughs> then I know what to do. Right. And I know what to do. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for coming by. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks.